All right. Hey, everybody. I'm Matt Hill. I'm with Night Energy Services, and this is the uh, new podcast we've been working on, the Talking Energy Show. Uh, we're actually uh, being uh, sponsored, if you will, by uh, Trace Management, and uh, we're in uh, their studio. They've uh, given us space to set up. Hope everybody likes the look out of it. I've got a uh, friend of mine, a, a a special guest here. Uh, man, uh, please introduce yourself. Uh, this is uh, America Oil Frangiani. Yeah. Thank hey. you for coming in today, buddy. Absolutely, Matt. No, I'm Frangiani, America Oil Company, uh, veteran owned and operated out in Fort Worth, Texas. When you say veteran owned, that's because you're a veteran. That is. Um, I am a disabled veteran from the United States Marine Corps. Um, absolutely. Yeah. That's why I say it. <laughs> I like uh, I like your story, and, and I wanted to have you uh, in here. Actually, uh, we had him on. Uh, we had him in here, and I just really, I mean, once again, I set up this studio, and I'm uh, learning how to do this. So I had some technical difficulties, and we decided to scrap that one and have you back in when I had a little bit better equipment and set up. And I think it's looking good. We had uh, we had Corey Nunez in here with uh, Tag Drilling Motors, and uh, now you're our second. Uh, we uh, Jeremiah calls you victims. Victims, <laughs> but we're. I guess you're not a victim if you're willing, right? Yeah, but you know, again, uh, you know, Ken Lavin and myself, uh, we, we were doing the, uh, we're doing the fossil fuel Fridays, and then slowly but surely, we're meeting you know new and interesting people, and most importantly, I think we're uh, doing these podcasts and and the episodes on fossil fuel Fridays because I just I love meeting people, and. You know, I, lo I love my regular job at, you know, night energy services and, and dealing with the equipment and services. But as you come across people, you're like, man, your, your story's so intriguing to me. And I, and I want to see you succeed. So if there's anything I can do to highlight you and your company and your mission, you know, that's, that's important these days is to, you know, our networking becomes, uh, you're part of the family. Oh, I appreciate that, Matt. Thank yeah. you. This is, you know, this is, uh, this is a tough industry and uh if we can work together you know something really you know neat usually comes out of it uh what you're doing is is fascinating to me you you've started a new company America Oil uh you and I connected on LinkedIn like a lot of people these days and uh immediately kind of you know felt that uh, we should probably meet and uh, start talking seeing if uh I can do anything to help you promote America Oil on your travels and uh, raising capital so what are you doing right now? You, you made a trip through Oklahoma. Where'd you go to? Yeah, I went to Kansas. Uh, I went to go look at the Mid-Continent Revenue Fund one where we launched back in February. Um, three different counties, 15 well package. Um, that's what. That's why I went up there to check on some wells. We're going to be doing some workovers along with uh, Nudros. Yeah, yeah, and you're looking for investors right now. Of course, yeah. So I've got money in my pocket. Why am I coming to you, buddy? Well, you're coming to me um, for multiple reasons. Um, one would be the the transparency of things. There's nothing hidden. Um, second would be that um, I'm trying to make the culture of money's being made off the oil like it used to be. Nothing so much on the front end. It's all on the back end. Um, I make money when you make money. It's not like I make my money first, and if you make money, great job. If not, <laughs> so sad. Use it as a tax write-off. Yeah. Um, Mine is made off your success, basically our success of operations in the field, of the oil field. 
Nice. And and how did you get started? I mean, okay, so you're a veteran. Like, when, when was that? You got out of high school, went to college, went then, to... No, I kind of did reverse. Um, signed up during high school. Yeah. In the pre-entry program. Went in literally two and a half weeks after high school. To, to the Marines. To the Marines. Went into boot camp. During boot camp, I was like, oh, my God, what did I sign up for? <laughs> yeah, I think there's probably a lot of that going on. You know, at that age, that's something, you know, quite uh, different. It is. Home life. I mean, I've been around military all my life. Yeah. Um, my uncle um, from Minnesota, he was a Marine. My grandfather was Army and Navy. And I was surrounded by uh, Marines because I was in Young Marines, the Devil Pups program, ROTC, all these other programs in, in – uh, in high school and during my childhood, all the way from 10 years old. So I was like, I got this. You were gung-ho. I was gung-ho. I was over there, camouflage, hiking through the mountains at 13 years old by myself. You're going to be a Pretending little, I was Rambo. You know? You're going to be Rambo. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of how I went. And I signed up. I was like, Ooh, what did I sign up for? There's right. no freedom in this. <laughs> and um, but yeah, went through it. Uh, it was the 3rd Battalion Marines in the infantry. And... Uh, Got out in 09. 09. 09. And, uh, Where'd you go from there? Oh, from there. Oof, oh, man. I had a, quite an adventure. Got out, went into... You were in the military for what, four years? Negative two. Okay. Yeah, I got out for separation due to disabilities and stuff. You got, you got uh, injured while uh, in the military? I did. Yeah. Yeah. So... Well, thank you for your service, buddy. Uh, appreciate it. So from there, went into college. Yeah. After a year of trying to find myself, of course, right. like most vets do when they get out. Well, I mean, just maybe uh, people of that age in general. Sure, it's it's a natural yeah, stage. It's a natural stage. I was going through some stuff of my own issues from the military. Uh, lost a good friend of mine. He was mm -hmm. from 2-5. And uh, um, from there, I was really finding myself. And it was quite a journey for seven years, basically, when I got in Marine Corps. Um, joined the Corps Blue. It's a culinary school because I actually wanted to do the fire department. And we all know that rookies need to cook. And I was like, you know, what's better? Military's going to pay for the college. Right. I'm going to learn how to cook some amazing food. And firefighters are going to love me. Right. So you're going to <laughs> military to firefighter and also a chef. Absolutely. Um, the key was just to get my associates and learn how to cook for right. the fire department. But I decided, while I get my degree, let's go have some fun. So did hey, that. looky here. We got a we got our uh -oh. uh, Ken Lavins finally coming in here. He is on a work call. Hey, That's okay. Hey, did you miss me? Don't be like. <laughs> we went ahead and got started, buddy. Are you started? Started? Oh yeah. So waiver everybody. Oh, oh hey guys. Ken Lavin, everybody. Good to see y'all. I was glad to come in. Hey, thank you for the work out there, customers and everybody. Appreciate everybody. And. uh but yes, glad to be back with everybody on the show. So you've met Franz with me a couple times now, and uh, he was just telling us how he uh, went through the military, and now he's already in uh, uh, the Cordon Blue of all places. Ooh, well, first let me say thank you for your service. Greatly appreciated. I think it's huge. So tell us about Cordon Bleu. I am uh, I am all ears. I'm hungry. I'm hungry yeah. too. So it's a French culinary school. Um, went there in 2010 and basically just learned a bunch of French cuisine, all the cuisines around the world, touched base, and from there worked at Trump National Golf Club. Oh, wow. Wanted, Where uh, is that at? 
It's over in Rancho's, Rancho Palos Verdes in okay. California in the peninsula. I want to play there. I'm just saying. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing food. They had a seafood tower. Absolutely astonishing. Man, I don't think I've ever had a seafood tower. They had like a tartar I would make. And you knew how to make all that? I do. Wow. I do. And uh, No, I had a chef there. Um, I was going there during school, and uh, he, he just loved vets. And he took me under his wing, and it was just an amazing experience. Did about three years there. Well, I think, I think uh, you know, a lot of uh, that discipline probably works well into, you know, kitchen staffs and, and cooking for people and, you know, the order of things. So I, I get it. He it did. Pro- he probably really appreciated hardworking vets. He did. I was there early. Um, last one left according to my shift. Sometimes I would have to leave early due to the hours, but I would always stay. And uh, just stage at that moment. Staging is a voluntary work. Right. It's free. Nice. Put in your fruits and labors, you know. And you're doing all that while also being a firefighter? Negative. This was yeah. before the fire department. Okay. I was still in school. school. Gotcha. I was still in school. What are you going to school for? That's what I was about to ask. Culinary. Culinary. Oh, okay. So it's associates in culinary. Yeah, it's a Look private. Listening. He's not listening, guys. Dead it's a private culinary <laughs> school, Le Cordon Bleu. It's a French cuisine school. Yes, okay. which is amazing school. Yeah. And um, did that. You're busy. I was busy. Dealing with that. Had my daughter. Um, oh, you had your daughter while you were in school and no, working? I had my daughter in the military. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I, I wow. didn't leave any gaps, I guess, as they can say. I just pushed. You're ready. You're, you're ready for life right now. <laughs> just just go through it. Just go. I want everything now. Yeah. yeah. That's great. So I did that and uh, graduated um, from there. Um, I was volunteering as a patrol at the Pasadena Police for a little bit. I was a little conflicted where I was going to go, either fire or police. But my main thing was fire. Yeah. But I was also like, hmm, I do like police, you know. And after working there, I was like, man, these guys. guys. Thank you. Thank you, you guys. Back the blue. Absolutely. The thin blue. And I did that for a little bit. But I ended up actually going fire. And I went wildland firefighting with the U.S. Forest Service. Uh, Did two seasons with them, one season with the Seas over in San Diego. That was the first one. Then jumped into the Forest Service. And uh, did several fires. It was an amazing experience. Had my GoPro and just went out. I was in impeccable shape. Right. <laughs> I just want I think that's the one thing I missed because I was just astonishing about how I, I got my shape back from the military. <laughs> so. <laughs> I, I want your footage. I'm just I'm just gonna throw that out there. I want your GoPro footage. That's okay. gotta be amazing. Yeah. There's a, there's a nice footage of a fire that was on and we're on chainsaws and we're trying to cut through and I got awesome. hit by some thorny bushes and I was mad and I was like at the chainsaw. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's freaking cool. Yeah, yeah. I, and, then, and I love y'all's trucks that you got to play with. That's oh, the great ones? Oh my god. Yeah. I, so it was up in uh now again, it was in Wyoming, um, but when we were in Wyoming, they had some of the forestry divisions come in. I guess they had had some fires up that way, and they had brought some people from out of state. Y'all have some amazing equipment to play with. These oh, were the dude. biggest trucks I've ever seen in my life. Off-road, four-wheel drive, mm-hmm. just massive. No, they're nice. I was, I was so jealous. You know what's so- really even better? It's when you get the helicopter involved. Oh, now that now he's just bragging. I am. I, I can't. With the helicopter involved, the trucks, the hand crews. What? The uh, bulldozers. Uh, you're you're gonna make me nerd out over here. I love equipment stuff, so I'm just saying that's just ah. Uh. But you 
You told me you were you were injured. I got injured both. So first Marines and then fire. I was going to get to that. So you're clumsy. You should uh, definitely be the president of an oil company. I, absolutely. You know, a suit is Hands what off. I need not to out do. There, not out there working on the rig. But yeah, we'll let someone else do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I deserve to put the suit on after all these years. You know. Yeah. Well, you look good in the suit. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you uh, you're wearing the suit now. I know. And I appreciate you protecting us uh, in the military and through the Forest Service. But appreciate that. Now you're protecting uh, America. Uh, well, let's. I guess you it, can say investments, right? You're protecting people's investments Ooh, in like, the energy uh, sector. Yes, mm-hmm. which is near and dear to all of our hearts. We appreciate everybody in oil and gas, and any possible way to show people how, when you invest in in these uh, endeavors, they're going to get not only a return for their investment, but also you're investing right here in America and America Oil Company. Um, I'm, I've read through your stuff you told me about it uh your core values what are they oh we have honor commitment discipline transparency goals oriented and courage that's that's the core values we're we're appreciative of right there yeah and some of them i took from the marine corps because that's what i align with mm-hmm. and then i added some extra ones that i believe hardly in so well before we wrap things up today and uh and go any further like tell us like what do you want people to know about miracle oil and you like uh, first of all please reach out to franz on linkedin and uh how can they get a hold of you so linkedin facebook um facebook and the linkedin is my personal name franz ronnie um that's r-o-n-n-i-e yes okay uh there's a snapchat yep because you know in the modern age and there is, um, I am creating Clubhouse. I'm setting that up. Oh, nice. Yeah, because I heard that's coming back. You or know, no, no, that that's the other one's coming back. It's like a talking. You talk about your company. Oh, good. And people jump in. We, we don't listen. have Apple Finds. They can. I'm figuring see, it out see, first before so I even watch that. That's, you know what, that's interesting. A lot of, uh, a lot more oil company executives are reaching out to their you know, to everybody in the industry now over and over that, you know, our platforms are giving rise to, you know, the top tier executives, you know, being able to interact with, you know, anyone Mm -hmm. that's, you know, interested in, in, uh, being a partner in what they do. Who was, uh, was it Chantel, uh, Chantel, she was on JP Warren's show the other day and she had talked about how, we have, we'd been so inundated with white papers and not having that interaction or the big companies yeah. stepping in and saying, hey, you know, you can't talk on social media. You can't, you know, get involved with people. And uh, she said, now those big companies are looking at the people. Mm-hmm. They want to they wanna see, they want to meet their people that work with them and that they're going to be working with. And they can see that who that person really is on the social medias. So you you brought up a great point, both of you guys. That's it's huge now. It's it's yeah. massive. Yeah, the fact that you're the president of a company, but you're you know you are on the level now where you still you're out there you know making deals and getting the the operation side of it done, but you're still willing to hey I've got you know I've got time to talk to people and and get them involved in the industry and you know help them along their path as well. Absolutely. I mean, it all comes down to people. I mean. During the fire department, I was an investor in oil and gas. I, I put in some work and interest deals. And then from there, when I fell off a cliff on a fire in Lake Tahoe, it's called the Divide Fire. That's the fire if you wanted to look it up. 
not very big. It was a couple acres, but still fell off a cliff. Um, that put me out again because I re-injured my ankle that I injured in the military. So I followed my investments. Um, I actually went in the energy sector and oil and gas on the capital raising side of things. Mm-hmm. It was entry level sales, and it was people. I was like, I, I like people. I can talk to them. I can go up to a stranger in the forest or anyone in public and just have a full-on conversation, probably grab some intel out of them. They don't even know I'm taking. Um, so I was like, you know what? Let me go into oil and gas. I followed my investments. And then in there is where I realized there's such an opportunity for something to be changed, in my own opinion. I'm not saying anybody's doing anything bad at all. Right. I'm just saying in my own opinion. It's just different. Exactly. Each company has its own culture. Exactly. Put your spin on it. So my spin would be, one, I lost money on all my investments because I was, as you can say, I was only sold on the upside. I wasn't told about the risk. wasn't told about what could happen if production doesn't come in. I was just sold straight up on the upside during the fire. I was like, man, that's amazing. You're telling me I can give you 40 grand. I can make three, four grand a month. I'm Sign not going to lose a penny of it. Sign mm-hmm. up. And it's all tax deductible. Woo. Sure. So from there, I lost my money during the oil and gas career I just started. Yeah. So I didn't know this while going in. Probably wouldn't have gone in if I knew that. But now that I'm in, I've learned, one, several companies, you know, the investor isn't first. I'm not saying anything bad about that. It's just the culture's different. Yeah. Mine aspect is me being an actual investor. My motto is you have to trust the people you do work with mm-hmm. or invest with. So my motto is investors first. By that, everything's transparent. There's no hidden fees. There's no waterfalls. Everything's right there on the prospectus. It's going to be in a PPM again due to legal terms. Um, and, you're not going to really find anything out later on at all as uh, how, how I had to find out, which was really disappointing. So that was one reason I created America Oil too, was to help veterans, first responders, kids, anything I truly believed in. Because your company's giving back right now. Uh, it you, is. Have, you have charities that are even on your website mm-hmm. that you're promoting. Absolutely. And it's fully approved by the charity. I already reached out, did everything properly. You got the Summer Fire America Fund, which helps out combat wounded veterans. You have the Tunnels to Towers, which helps out um, widows of downed first responders or vets that get killed in the line of duty. They help with financials, stuff like that. And also, there's a child one my buddy created in San Antonio. He's a firefighter. I kept close with my firefighter buddies. Um, no, he created sure. a nonprofit called Fourth Quarter Pressure. Hmm. Helps out kids. He has a football team for them. Which um, we help out also. And that's awesome. And yeah. So you brought it from the kids to the families to the vets. Absolutely. And that's huge. Also to the frontline workers in our country, the police and fire and medical, in case they get hurt or yeah. they're at a loss and for some reason their pension didn't go through or anything, then Tunnels of Towers is there to help. That's so. massive. And then on top of that, I do plan to expand it later where I would take an individual, like a sponsor, an individual. This is just something I've been thinking, but yeah. I can't do it now. The company's not big enough. Yeah. When a company grows, I was going to sponsor either a veteran, a cop, firefighter, anyone that's like truly mentally just down. Take them in, like adoption almost. Get them ready mentally. Put them through some courses. Get them ready for a job interview. Shoot, maybe even if they're... They're good. Put them in my company. Yeah, interns. Yeah. yeah. Pay off their debts. Get them going. Give them like a fresh restart. Oh, I like that. 
That's huge. So that's huge. something I would like to do later, but that would require obviously some gains in the company and something that would be in the future. See, this is this is our industry. I mean, we're constantly giving back to the community mm-hmm. in every kind of imaginable way. I mean, I mean, it's just me and you, you know, that are running these companies and like, hey, uh, we're people. We care about the environment. We mm-hmm. care about, you know, charity. I mean, you know, it's, we're uh, without oil and gas. I mean, come on, our our uh, our people are running the world and feeling it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you're part of that, buddy. Yeah, thank you so much for the service, not only from military side, but what you're doing and what you're planning on doing moving forward with this company. Good. So that's that's huge. Thank you, thank you. And I've uh, created a team around me. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like hey, yourselves and every, my partners, and yeah, you're you're con- right. you're uh, reaching out to people like you're supposed to be. And uh, what what's the next step? Like, what are you? Uh, what do you need to do right now? Just fundraise or right now you're looking for America looking Oil for land. needs to Hey look, we got another fundraise. guest coming in, everybody. We got we we're gonna have five more minutes of this with uh, Jeremiah, part of uh, Trace Mandarin. Oh. You can hand me that coffee, I'll move it out your way. Well, heck, I was thinking you already had coffee ready for me. <laughs> I don't know if you like creamer or not. So uh, the just... the first sponsor of this show will have uh, coffee ready for you. Mm. How we sound, buddy? Is it on? Hello? Yeah, hey, you sound good. You got to bring it right up to you, though. There you go. Yeah. This one I like. How's it going? The good. Long, you remember Franz? I do remember Franz. How are you, bud? Good. You? Jeremiah is uh, preparing. He's going to go on a race this weekend. Ooh. And I'm going to racing? Video. I'm racing a 91 Nissan 300ZX. It's, a, it's an endurance race at 16 hours. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, on a road course. So. That's right up my alley. I it's, love that. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, though. Uh, because I also double as the mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Turning, Everyone on the team turning does. wrenches and turning uh, laps. The yeah. mechanic, the engineer, mm-hmm. and the driver. Mm-hmm. Tell me about your how was the car pushing? Oh, it, so for endurance, man, it's not about horsepower. It's about longevity. Yeah. Right. So our car has roughly 222 horsepower. Okay. Yeah, it's not a big uh, mover. It's more about suspension too, because I'm making left and right turns on a road Absolutely. course. So. That it, course is actually set up like the old arcade game. I looked at that. It looks just like you remember. Uh, remember the one that we used to have that, and back in like the pizza places. Pac-Man. Had, no, the one that had the steering wheel on it and everything. Oh, like off road. The off road one. No, or not certainly not cruising USA. I wish it was. I'm gonna jump over a bus or something. <laughs> no, the one that was. Uh, what was that one? Was it Crazy Eight? Cruise USA. No, not Cruise USA. No, it was the one that. But anyway, the racetrack kind of made like a. It looks just like Hallett Racing, mm-hmm. and it was it was awesome. So my son and I looked it up. We're going to be there Saturday. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. And then we'll go to the Okra thing on Sunday. All right. So. Well, hopefully the car's still running when you get there. Uh, that's why a couple other people want to come by. It's like, well, the earlier you come, the more likely you'll see the car running because you just never know when you're running it <laughs> at like 7,000 RPM or hard on the brakes in every turn. Like, so those brakes glow. Oh yeah. Well, we've done a lot of we've done a lot of cool stuff. Bill Stein. Say again. Are we using Bill Stein? No, these uh, 
the not for that's suspension. I know. Are we using Bill Stein or what are we using for suspension? Takiko uh, five way adjustable with okay. some coil overs. Um, if if coil they're overs. listening, please sponsor and give him uh, more of these. Yeah, or yeah. whiskey, whatever. Yeah. Brand your own whiskey. The, the Talking Energy Show is all about free swag. So mm-hmm. if you'd like to be a sponsor of our show or Jeremiah's car or America Oil, just uh, reach out to us on uh, every single platform imaginable. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And uh, send us uh, send us your uh, love with uh, whiskey. And uh, uh, car you parts. Can, yeah. You gotta tell them your size, so that way I can bring awesome swag. To I am so. a large. Jeremiah is a schmedium. Schmedium. Heavy on the schmedium. Schmedium. I'm a large over here. Well, good luck to you in your race. Please. I'm be, a large. Please be safe. Come back to us full. Yeah, dude, it's pretty. You know, it's it's fairly safe. Like I'm in a. The car has a roll cage. I've got a five point harness. I've got fire suppression suit, which is like that thick. It's like FRs. Uh, a oh, winter steroids. FRs. Yeah, and then. Uh, you know, I've got a Hans device and all kinds of stuff that keeps you from whiplash if someone rear ends you. Because yeah. there's a lot of, there's like uh, this track probably only have 50 other cars on it at one time, but they're all amateurs. Only 50. So. Uh, only 50. No, yeah, the race, 50. the race I did in November was at Houston MSR, and that one had 104 cars on the track. Ooh, all you're doing whoa. is weaving in and out because you got three different classes of cars. You got really slow, medium, and then really fast. So. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're a part of the fast group, so it's just kind of bobbing and weaving out of someone's minivan or a, a Volkswagen Beetle. No, it's crazy in the Corvette. Like you don't know what you'll see what? out there. None of these cars, by the way, are run off of solar power or electricity or electricity or um, no anything way. other than uh, delicious, wonderful hydrocarbons i would actually argue no cars ran off of anything besides that regardless it's just a longer exhaust pipe for the most part amen but they are starting a uh they're letting electric cars on there i don't know how that'll work you guys saw that Whoa. tesla that took like forty thousand gallons to put out in houston yeah that's how much they poured on it i don't know if that's how much it needed what elon i'm a huge fan i saw you on snl it's awesome yeah so, oh he did don't get mad at me yeah yes yes i did that was a Each good episode. Mm-hmm. Well, no. before we wrap this up, guys, let's do like a little uh, segment on uh, how about headline news right now? Like, wh- what are you guys seeing in oil and gas news that's interesting to you? Ooh. What about the? Uh, what do you think about I'm, this pipeline shutdown? You know, it's affected the East Coast for sure. Mm-hmm. Does that hurt your feelings at all? No, not really. There's some people up there. There like. is. I mean, uh, absolutely, it hurts my feelings, but gas prices are going up. We're going to fix it eventually. Yeah. With more drilling in America. More drilling, mm. of course. Which just proves we need to up our game on production. Yeah. So we're around 10-something right now, which we went down a little bit. So we're at 13, I believe. Uh, that Yeah, that's a... If it got up to 13, that'd be great. But yeah, historically, we've provided yeah. about 13 million barrels. Exactly. That's yeah. what I meant. Not right now. Mm-hmm. We'd have. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I think mm-hmm. if we just... Because, I mean, they're, even their jet fuel was in that pipeline. Yeah, the JP5 and all that. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. was like, Whoa. So, and that was by Russia already took or the hackers out of Russia. What are the end game or And I forgot what they're dark called. Dark side. Dark side. Thank you. The and dark side. It sounds like a Marvel superhero bad <laughs> guy, right? But they're the, they're the uh, V for Vendetta is what they're, mm-hmm. they're trying to produce themselves as. Yeah. I don't know if you're Robin Hood if you say I'm just after the money. I don't know how much they donate, right? Right. Whatever. <laughs> they do donate, so that, that that's what they say, that, right? That's what I've heard. That's Maybe I've heard. their local car dealerships and Rolex. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <or something>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
The interesting thing, though, but most of that uh, that pipeline services a huge portion of government. Uh, most of that's going to the uh, to our government facilities to provide. No. Yeah, Correct. so it begs the question of why, mm -hmm. and then how susceptible is our infrastructure, right, mm -hmm. uh, to that? So there's actually a lot of implications by the fact that they were able to stifle it because it is very important to our strategic independence. So I'll, I'll even take that and go down the chip side, chip shortage. That is a, man, I would actually say that, and I don't know if you guys know, but 60% of all vaccines made in the world come out of India. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the capsules we use to make pills come out of China. Which are made. Well, we've literally outsourced all of this to other countries mm -hmm. and have really made us a global economy, of course, but we've taken away our ability to be independent on some of these things in the face of an emergency like drilling in America. We need to do that more and, uh, and use that as much as possible. Yeah, and that will help with the chip shortage. It'll help with the gas pipeline. It'll help with the manufacturing of cars here, mm -hmm. which Ford is May 19th, bringing out the Ford Lightning, all electric. Yeah. All electric. Sorry, guys. Ford it's Lightning. always me in this equipment. Yeah, F-150. I, now, I don't know if it's like the old school, like what you and I grew up with. I don't know if it's the regular cab and they're just redoing it mm. or if it's their straight up you know i don't know but yeah regardless it just meaning that it'll help all of the industries which in turn will help people get back to work mm -hmm. yeah so. so a lot more natural gas being burned which is uh the more the evs come and tires we, we make so many things outside of gasoline that people forget about that well people nope. don't really forget but realize you know gasoline takes up a big portion of the barrel but yeah. we actually have a lot of other needs for it and we had family that uh, i didn't know that the plastic beads Oil and gas companies were making these plastic beads overseas, and uh, he was one of the CPAs for that. And literally, that is being sent out, and it's making North Face clothing, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And they, they would take those processed beads from oil and gas wells after production, and then they would send it I out. prefer North Frack clothing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, you get a nice but, hat. Yeah. They, uh, they ship that stuff all over the world. I had no idea. It's that simple of stuff that you and I would never think of, little pellets, mm. and then that's being sent out to make all kinds of stuff. Yeah. What do you think about, so somebody was talking to me yesterday about, you know, each little region of Oklahoma, like there used to be like a little uh, power plant close to, you know, there was tons of them, what, Kermagee mm. little power plants? Mm -hmm. I mean, why are we, why have we... It's. It, I mean, I think it's mostly like the EPA rules and the in the infrastructure is just taking away the ability to set up, you know, a refinery just about anywhere, and it leaves us vulnerable very quickly. You know, we if if every little, you know, say every county in Oklahoma had a small refinery where we could get all the fuel needs out of that, you know, particular one. I mean. That'd be pretty costly, honestly. There, did you know there's a, a coal fire plant over by the chicken shack? Oh, good. Yeah, oh, yeah I've seen it going out there. Yeah, there's yeah. another one up there. Why, in the why is that north. though? I mean, why is it if it's Oklahoma? You, don't you think we should have our own uh, natural gas running our own power plants? Well, yeah, I'm not. Uh, we actually have some coal in Oklahoma. Too. A little bit. We yeah, have a little bit. A, little a bit. lot of it. So, but no, I agree. I don't know. So you got the refinery in Ponca. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's oil, though. But uh, what's gas? that one in Ada? I think there's an, another coal plant down there in Ada, mm -hmm. Ardmore area. Mm -hmm. 
We have a lot of shows in our in our future that I just want to peel back the layers on what we're doing in our own state. A lot of, I mean, most of someone us, educate us. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, I'm more curious now than ever. Now that I'm in the industry, like, wait a minute, where is all my power and where does everything that I use come from? And especially, you know, what can we do on a state level or community level where I never have to worry? You know, you look at Texas and the whole everything you know, failing the power grids and all that. And like, all of a sudden I'm looking at my own state, like what kind of emergency backup do we have? You know, do I have a generator at my own house fueled by my own natural gas? You know, how close can the source of my fuel needs be? Can I get it close where I can watch out for it as our own state? And then once we get to a place where we're not worried about our own energy in our own state, can we start helping others you know, look at, let's look out for ourselves first, you know, let's make sure our bubble's secure. You know, it goes from community to in the nationwide, you know, our own energy needs secure in our own country. No, no, they're not. Mm-hmm. We just saw that. Mm-hmm. But, and then, and then the world, you know, like things. India, can we do, can we export LNG out of Oklahoma with the, like the Katusa? Can we set up a small LNG, you know, facility there? Can those, can we get ships small enough? up and down that to, you know, go out from to the see. canal here in Oklahoma and go I mean, out I know, to the, you know, barges aren't ideal, but I mean, it's a, it's a start. Can we get to small islands and countries, you know, off the coast with LNG? I mean, there's, there's so we much actually export. export some. We export LNG out of Oklahoma. Not well. I mean, yeah, through pipelines, the cushion, but sure. it, it hits the pipelines. Heck, we, there's but a, that's not the same as our own ships coming out of like, you know, say we set up a, a little LNG, you know, facility, that we can put LNG on a barge and ship it out of, you know, here. It's an extra two days, you know, down the river, but at least we're not waiting on the coastal regulatory stuff to get started. You know, Texas and Louisiana, what is there, like two LNG plants fired up right now? I don't know. It's a possibility. Yep. The only thing was the, the bridges is that kills us on this side. Sure. And, yeah, like I said, it would have to be small, and I don't know – from the size of the thing, but like I loved, it's a start. That's that's the thing. You have to have something to go off of. But that will take. That is a that is another good episode for sure. I mean, it could anyway. be another pipeline or something underneath or. Something. We, we could that we would be pipeline huge. everything anywhere we want exactly. as long as our state is you know open to business. Like I was driving mm-hmm. back from Kansas. At the end of the day, night. it all depends on. Hey, look, we're, we should be able to do whatever we want business wise. We, we are the best industry to take care of the environment. You know, anything that's, uh, when it's, when it's, uh, when you're wasting money, you're also wasting environmental, you know, you're wasting, anytime we waste a resource, we know in our heads we're wasting money too. Mm -hmm. So that's our industry, you know, uh, best efforts always is to make sure our resources are, you know, utilize the most economically efficient and that just leads to other things. So, you know, when you, when we think of flaring, you know, you hear all these headlines and you're like, man, flaring, we know that costs us money. We're already at, we don't even need regulations to worry about. We're already actively looking for technology to capture every possible cent Hmm. for not just ourselves, but our investors as well. I was actually going to touch base on that flaring. Imagine if there's a company out there or create one. That would get the flaring. Now, obviously, you don't want to spend the money on your natural gas infrastructure that you want to do because it's expensive to set up LNG for your drill. The company comes in, takes the flare, the natural gas you're going to throw away, and we can put that back into the market. Oh, yeah. It's, it's happening. 
What do you mean? You know, like put it on the grid? Like uh, at the generator? Like I, was, or I was driving back down from Kansas last night. I saw at least six flares going on. It's right Before away, Before I even man. got to OKC, the downtown. It's right away, and like... Uh, how how big are the the flares right there's a lot there's so much cost in order to get those pipelines and there is uh time required that's why you end up flaring it because it's just it's too costly to put a 13 mile yeah pipeline in or something like that yeah so we're, we're I, we need to work on getting the cost down and getting this infrastructure or built. put a generator out there and convert it to yeah we, talk, we talked to baseline yesterday yeah, I mean, and they're like hey you know we can crypto we can create yeah, crypto yeah mm-hmm. um you throw your waste gas, the well, it's not waste gas, but you throw that flare into a generator, have that generator run something out on location. Yeah, that's the Bitcoin. That's always, have you. yeah, that's the idea. There's a lot, there's costs associated, so you gotta have a, there's so much to it that it, you know, because if it was super easy, everyone would be running their pump jacks off of yep. it and whatnot. It, there's a lot of costs and how much in, uh, like how much it'll produce a day. There, it's intriguing to me though that why we're not sending that flare gas, kind of taking everybody's idea here and bringing it into the schools or bringing it into the city uh, to use because that would be a tax write-off. I it's mean, it's happening. Eventually, that's all going to yeah. be online, feeding it back into the you know the the uh, infrastructure that's already out there. Yeah. It's just a matter of like, say, OGE accepting, you know, electricity off of that particular generator, you know, right. back into the grid. It's just, it's I mean, build out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see it and I'm just like, there's a, there's a market for it. There's, 100%. there's something, there's an opportunity there. Mm-hmm. It's just, we haven't figured out a way economically to figure it out. Right. But there's a total opportunity there that either you can have it where all the police cars, fire trucks come up, get their natural gas foot up in their vehicles. Or a big truck comes up, fills up all the courthouses or something. Yeah, from like where? Away. From a wellhead? Something. Or, I mean, I'm just saying. There's a way. There's a market. There's there's an opportunity that I think hasn't been fixed because there's a guy that's. I think I, I see Oklahoma's future. You know, as a bright. I mean, like maybe like the way Aubrey was kind of steering us. Like, hey, look, every car in Oklahoma, we could run off of LNG. Mm-hmm. I mean, not LNG. I mean CNG. You yeah. know, there's CNG fleets out there already, but I mean. We could, there's nothing in, in the state we couldn't run off of natural gas in Oklahoma. I mean, we could be our we could, we be, could the be our eco tent, bubble of the world. Uh, we could be at least like the little Oklahoma. Oklahoma should be Dubai, right? We yeah. all when we are sitting on a crap ton of. Uh, Shouldn't even say natural. Dubai, Alaska. You know they get a, a dividend every day, every year from oil. So that's right. Yeah. Everyone that's a that's a re- resident there. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so we I are, work. For, we are an energy powerhouse in Oklahoma. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I work for Chesapeake, and or well, I actually work for Nomac, uh, which was a subsidy of Chesapeake, and they gave me one of their trucks, the the LNG ones and or the, the CNG. CNG. Yeah, and uh, so it was dual fuel. You had gasoline and that, and you could just flip the switch and go back and forth. Work great, right? The only problem is, and I found this out the hard way, I'd always run, and I still do it with all my cars, is I pretty much run them all the way to empty, or unless I have a really <laughs> convenient reason to go to the gas station, right? right I need right. something. That's the only time I fill up. Uh, I'm, I try to be efficient about it. So I pulled into the OMQ on fumes, and I went straight to the CNG terminal that they have at all, most of them anymore, and I filled that up first. I shut off the car first to do that, and I filled it up. And I went to start the vehicle, would not start. So I'm at the uh, CNG pump at on queue, and the car can't start. It's just not set up to start off of natural gas. So I had to go into on queue, buy a, 
gallon gas container, walk out, <laughs> fill it up at one of the pumps, then walk over to my truck at the other pump and fill it up with gas or put a gallon in and then drive over to the pump and put gasoline in it. So, oh, no. Yeah. It ran good, though. Uh, the one thing I will tell you, so that was back in like 12 or 13, and Aubrey was really pushing that and finally got the infrastructure and they were starting to have that out there. But CNG prices went up. Yeah. 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 Simultaneously, right? We had so, a Democratic president. Mm-hmm. But the, you know, where it was almost the same price at the pump as gasoline, especially it's not as efficient in burning as gasoline. So you only get about 80% of the, the power that you would off of gasoline. So if the price is anywhere close to gasoline, anywhere close, you know, you've got to look at that, but mm-hmm. you could actually be losing value uh, by running that. So. Now, it does great as a helper for your diesel, I'm just saying. You know. Interesting. If you, uh, you want some horsepower. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, I'm going to wrap this up and uh, just thank each and every one of you for uh, the jobs you do. Appreciate you guys uh, being uh, network family, uh, friends, and uh, customers. And, uh, Franz, I wish you all the best, buddy. Thanks for coming in. Oh, thank you. Uh, it was an honor. Last plugs, everybody. Uh, man, uh, Talk Energy Show. Uh, Ken and I do Fossil Fuel Fridays. Uh, thank you, Trace Management, for uh, the space up here to do this. And uh, Jeremiah always uh, mm-hmm. helping me uh, with all this uh, technical stuff as well. I literally do nothing. He, he literally does He's it just all. the face. He just makes <laughs> yeah. it look pretty. Yeah. And then, uh, man, uh, check out uh, oilfieldtailgate.com. Uh, right at the top, there's a link to the calendar that has all the Oklahoma oil and gas events and meetings. And, uh, there's always tons of stuff coming up. AADE, SPE, IADC, API. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have little, uh, we have little social stuff going on all the time. Thanks to the people reaching out to me yesterday at IADC about the calendar. They said they've been looking at it and loving it. So mm-hmm. they're able to keep track of what's going on and be able to be at all the events for oil and gas. It's going to be a fun year in our, our yeah. industry this year. I'm looking forward to Nate yeah. opening up again. Yeah, hey, everybody, oh, get, get down to Nate. You know, you're, yeah. you know, it's, they're going to have the big one this summer instead. Can't wait yeah. to see what prospects yeah. they hey, have out Nate, there. Hey, Nate, we're just going to reach that out there. You want Matt and I to come to Nape and promote. I'm just saying. Yeah, hey, anybody that wants us to come to their events and uh, set up a table and interview you, we'll do it. We're excited. We love it. And uh, you come back to us safe, everybody. Uh, did you tell, uh, so for all, everyone. Yeah, how do you get, a, yeah, one more time. How do you get a hold of you? AmericaOilCompany.com. Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, Facebook. TikTok. You got a TikTok? Yeah, I'm not done beat TikTok me to it. <laughs> You beat me to it. <laughs> you guys told me that the other day. Yeah. I was like, Matt can teach you. You know, he's a TikTok. All right. That's it. Wave, everybody. Goodbye. Bye, guys. Take care. Thank you. God bless.